Today is International Father's Day, and we would like to take this opportunity to greet all of our fathers. Happy Father's Day to all our dads, to our biological fathers, and to our spiritual fathers. Happy Father's Day. Salamat po, tatay. We love you, Papa. Thank you very much. If your dad is near you, would you greet him or give him a hug and a kiss and just show, his, show your appreciation to him? And later on, if you have your meal, share some words of appreciation and thanks uh, to your dad as you celebrate today. And if that's not possible, maybe if your dad is um, far, so you maybe just call him or send him a message and greet him today. And I encourage you to do your best uh, to express your love. We want to honor you fathers for your love, for your sacrifice. Thank you for how you are serving the Lord, serving our family. Thank you for your gift of love and sacrifice. And because of you, because of what you're doing, our family, our church, and our community is in a better place. May God bless you with wisdom and strength as you continue to love God and love others, especially those near you. Now, I also understand that for some of us today, today is not a very good day. It's not a very, it's not a day worth celebrating because some of us may not have a fond memories of our dad. And it's because of that tense relationship that you find that Father's Day uh, to be difficult for you. I hope and pray that today, may you experience the perfect love of our Heavenly Father, which he showed us and, and gave us through our Lord Jesus Christ. So may God bless us all. Today, I want to give this message entitled, God's Kind of Fathers. God's Kind of Fathers. This message is specifically for fathers, but even if you're a mother or you're a single person, I hope and pray that you can learn also from what we will discuss today. Please note again the title, it's God's Kind of Fathers. Think about it. Why is it God's Kind? You see, on special occasions like Father's Day or Mother's Day, the common topics is about what? How to be a great father, how to be a great mom, becoming a loving mother, how to become a great dad. These topics are, of course, good to learn, and these are good goals to aim for because it helps us to enrich our family relationship and help us to learn more. But here's very important. We need to be very careful. Yes, by world's standard, we can be a great dad, a great mom, but how about by God's standard? As followers of Christ, our desire is to become God's kind of fathers or to become God's kind of parent. Now also, learning the what and the how to's, these are good things, and these are beneficial for our parenting. But again, it's very important that we do not forget the whys behind the what's and the how to's. And as followers of Christ, what should be our ultimate wise? It should be God-centered and not man-centered. As followers of Christ, remember that our calling is to be faithful and not to be successful. As followers of Christ, our calling is to not, not to be successful, but to be faithful. And how can we be faithful to our calling as a father, as a parent? Let's look at these verses, 1 Corinthians 10, 31 and Colossians 3, 17. And I hope that you would take time to memorize these verses by heart. Let's read that. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, what should be our goal? Do it all for the glory of God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, 
here's our goal. Do it in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God, our Father, through him. That should be our ultimate why, and that is to honor God, to represent Christ in the way we live our lives, especially in being a father. And as Christians, God calls us to do everything for his glory and to display his goodness, and that should be our driving motivation as we lead our families. Now, having laid that foundation, let's go to our text. I invite you to open your Bibles with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 to 12. Let's read this verse. You are witnesses, and so is God, how devoutly and uprightly and blamelessly we behave toward you believers, just as you know how we were exhorting and encouraging and imploring each one of you as a father would his own children, so that you would walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. This passage is part of the Apostle Paul's letter to the church in Thessalonica. Paul planted his church during his first missionary journey, and he spent at most three months in this church. And when Paul wrote this letter, by the time, this church is already one year old. And so as you read this letter, you can sense Paul's great love and care for this young church which he planted. As you can see, Paul compares his relationship with this church to a father's relationship with his children. Look at verse 6 to 8 also, it says, Even though, as apostles of Christ, we could have asserted our authority or we could have made some demands out of you, instead we were gentle, and just as nursing mothers care for her children, so we cared for you because we love you so much. We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our very lives as well. Now, here's the point. The Apostle Paul is like a loving mother and a loving father to this young church. And from this passage, we can learn three things from Paul, how to be God's kind of father. Whether you're a biological father or a spiritual father, I hope this message encourages us and inspires us and equips us for the glory of God. And what are the three things that we could learn today? Here's our lesson. God's kind of fathers live transparent lives love with words, and leave a godly legacy. Let's read that again. God's kind of fathers live transparent lives, love with words, and leave a godly legacy. Let's take a look at each. Number one, leave transparent lives. Verse 10, you are witnesses, and so is God, how devoutly and uprightly and blamelessly we have behaved toward you, believers. Did you hear that? Paul said, you are witnesses. You have seen how we live. You have witnessed how we behave. And Paul also repeated what he said in verse 1. Look at this. Paul says, For you yourselves know, brethren, that our coming to you was not in vain, but after we had already suffered and been mistreated in Philippi, as you know, we had the boldness in our God to speak to you the gospel of God amid much opposition. In verse 5, also Paul tells us, or tells them, never once did we try to win you with flattery or manipulation, as you will know, as you well know, and God is our witness that we were not pretending to be friends just to get your money. As for the human praise, we never sought it from you or anyone else. You see, Paul is saying the Thessalonian church saw how he lived. Paul lived a transparent life, and consequently, it is before the Lord, before the eyes of God, and before the eyes of the Thessalonians. Dear fathers, 
what kind of life are we displaying in front of our family and in front of our children? What kind of character are we displaying before our household? Now, Paul demonstrated this transparent life in, transparent life in three ways. Notice his words in verse 10 again. It says, how devoutly, uprightly, and blamelessly we behave toward you. Now, let's take a closer look and see how we can apply us. How, how we can apply it today. First is to live devotely. First of all, God calls us as fathers to live devotely. What does that mean? It means to be pure, holy, and sacred. Now here's the principle. Our life is the strongest message that we tell our kids. Our life is the strongest preaching that we preach to our kids. Why? Because how we live speaks more loudly than what we say. How we live speaks more loudly than what we say. If you tell your kids to prioritize God, but then you are so busy with work, with um, having so much money, or we're busy with enjoying so much pleasure, but you do not have time for God, then what kind of message are you telling your kids? And what would they hear or what would they copy? Now, if you tell your kids to be kind to their siblings, to love others, but then you just uh, are not careful with your words and you just readily shout at your spouse or your helpers at home without controlling your words, what kind of message are you showing your kids? Again, it's important that we match our talk with the way we walk. And because when we do that, what we say becomes more credible and we and our teaching would be more meaningful for our children. I remember my father's example. When we were still growing up, I see him regularly read the Bible um, almost every day, and, and I appreciate uh, his example. I always remember my father opening his Bible. It's a large print because it's a little bit Papa. But, uh, but it, it taught me uh, what should adults do when they grow up. Read the Bible. The godly adults read the Bible. And we went to church. Every Sunday, I would hear my father sing praise and worship to God. He would raise his hand and say, praise the Lord. And he would do it without shame or any hesitation. Doon ko po natutunan rin ng paano mag-worship or to express our love and thanks and praise to our God unashamed. And my father also modeled to us how to bring tithes to the church Sometimes he gives money, he puts it in an envelope with his name. Doon sa church namin, yung envelope niyo may name pa. Tapos ilalagay niya every Sunday. Uh, he, he, he showed us that. And other times, we, we will go to the church and just give something that's needed. Yung church kasi namin noon, walang aircon, so electric fan lang. And so one time, we went to a shop. Um, Naka-shorts lang kami, naka-t-shirt. Basta pumunta kami sa shop, bumili kami ng electric fan, stand fan, or minsan wall fan. And dinila namin sa church, and, and, and the church is so happy for that. And we did it not only once, but several times. And I've seen how my father lived out his faith through his godly example. Parents, do we live a life that is devout, holy, and dedicated to God? May the Lord help us. Fathers, remember that you are the spiritual leaders of your family, whether you like it or not, whether you realize it or not. Now, here's the question. Are you leading the family closer to God or are you drawing them away from the Lord? I wonder what, what our children see when they observe our lives. I wonder 
what they are, are they seeing or they observing? Are they seeing a dad who seeks first his business, his career, or his hobbies before? Or, or are they seeing a dad who seeks God first? Are they seeing a dad who is more excited than basketball and biking than reading the Bible? Now, please don't get me wrong. Of course, there's a time for everything. There's a time for fun. There's a time to, 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 uh, to take serious study. But my point is, what should be our priority? And for, for me, this is also a reminder for me to, to really prioritize the Lord. First thing in the morning, offer your best part of your day to God. May our children see a father who is more committed to family than just having fun. Again, many young people today, they go to church, but they're not taking Christianity seriously. Why? Because partly they know their father, especially those who claim that their fathers are Christians. But sadly, many of these young kids or, or young adults see that there's no genuine transformation in their father and there's no real Christ-likeness. So dear fathers, may the Lord help us. May we live devoutly. Next is live uprightly. God calls us father to live uprightly. This word means to uphold what is right, just, and fair. Now let me talk about fairness. Have you noticed that being fair or fairness is a big deal to children? Well, this fact is highlighted when you have two or more kids. Kapag ka isa lang yung anak mo, parang hindi mo kailangan maging extra careful to be fair kasi isa lang siya. But then, fairness is a great deal to children. And you know, my wife and I are taking care of two girls, two nieces that we consider our own children. No? And one night, Paige, the younger sister, told my wife, and with a sad face, she said, Mommy, how come you kissed Achi earlier, but you did not kiss me? And of course, my, my wife comforted her and also and explained. And of course, uh, she kissed her also. But then very, very uh, careful, very keen on observation among kids natin, no, about fairness. The other day, my wife and I, we went out. Achi wanted to stay at home, but the, the, the si page sinama namin because we have to buy something. And so during the, uh, on the way the, uh, to the mall, we, she, she told us, oh, mommy, we are going out next time. Dapat you and daddy should go out with Achi as well. Again, at a young age, they have this sense of fairness already. You see, even our kids, it's very important for them to feel that we are just and fair and not show favoritism especially if we want to build relationships with them. They won't easily open up to us if they feel or think that we are not fair. So dear fathers, let's be careful because our children's eyes are watching us, but more importantly, God's eyes are watching us. And how can we live uprightly also? We need to have specific and correct standards. We need to have godly standards. And what should be the basis of our standard? It should be the word of God. Ephesians 6, 4 tells us, Fathers, bring them up or bring up your children in the instruction, in the training of the Lord. Sadly, we often give rules to our kids that are not necessarily according to God's ways or standards. Tama ba yun? Sometimes yung rules natin, no, it's for our convenience, for our preference, and sadly for, for our selfish motives. And uh, personally, I'm also guilty with this, no? And this is something that I need to improve on. Now, for example, we tell our kids, don't be noisy, don't make a mess. 
Now, I'm not saying that we tolerate disorder in the home. It's not that. But my point is, we need to evaluate. Bakit ba natin ginagawa yung rules na yon? What is the basis of our rules that we set? Is it truly for our children's benefit? Or para lang mas convenient tayo, hindi tayo mas stress? Or is it just really for our selfish preference? So may the Lord help us. Now, part of living uprightly also is having consistency. Yes, we set the rules, but dapat maging consistent tayo sa rules na to. Sometimes, even us as parents, we are not consistent with our rules. We discipline our children for a certain thing, but then it depends on our moods and, and we shift no, when we discipline our kids. For example, uh, one time your kids are playing and they're making a lot of mess, but then you're in a good mood and sh- and you are very understanding at that time, and so you allow them to have fun and enjoy. But then another time, they're playing with the same toys, then they are creating the same mess, but then you got very mad because you're tired and stressed out. There's inconsistency. And so what would happen with your kids? They'll get confused. Hindi nila alam, anong gagawin mo? Una, pinayaga mo sila, tapos ngayon hindi. Ano ba yung gusto mo mangyari, no? And so if we... Give, we are inconsistent, our kids will be confused and they will be frustrated and we will also be frustrated with them. Now think about it. Even secular researchers and experts tells us that consistency is one essential factor or key in effective parenting. For example, if your children lied and then you discipline them for that time, that's well and good. But then if they lied the second time, but you did not discipline them, that would create confusion. What would happen? They would never know. Is it good to lie or bad? Can we do this or do that? Again, so we have to be very careful of our consistency. It gives our children a sense of stability and security. And most importantly, they will not live in constant fear and they will not always walk on eggshells. So may the Lord help us. And the point is for us to be upright, we need to be fair. We need to uphold the right standard and be consistent. And that is living out, being upright before God and our children. The next is, live blamelessly. Verse 10, you are witnesses, and so is God, how devoutly and uprightly and blamelessly we have behaved you towards believers. And God calls us as fathers to live blamelessly. Now, this word does not mean that we will not sin. This word does not mean that we need to be perfect. No, remember, there's no perfect fathers. Only God in heaven is our perfect father. The word blameless means faultless, free of guilt, or above reproach. Application? Well, no one should accuse us of being abusive with our authority, or that we are abusing our children, or that we are being negligent, failing to provide for their basic needs, and that we are being immoral towards our family members. We have to be blameless and above reproach. Now, think about it. San mas mabilis maging blameless? Sa loob ng bahay o sa labas? Well, most of us, no, it's easier for us to be blameless outside because we are more careful with our words. We don't want to be ashamed. We, we don't want to, uh, for people to, to judge us. No? So we are careful with our words and actions outside the house. But sadly, we are not that careful when we go inside the home already. But dear fathers, God calls us to be blameless. And again, consistency comes here. We need to be consistent in our private life, inside our homes, and outside the house. Now, it doesn't mean that when we are blameless that we won't fail. In fact, we will fail. But here's the big difference. As we rely on God, 
as we rely on his goodness and his grace, God will help us to be more aware of our shortcomings. And as we, and when we sin against God, the Holy Spirit will help us to convict our hearts and the Lord will help us to have that humility and the courage to, to ask forgiveness and to confess our sins to God and to our children. And with God's work, God's Holy Spirit will help us to rise again to do the good work of parenting. As Proverbs 24, 16 says, For the righteous fall seven times and rises again. So may the Lord help us to live a blameless life. Now to summarize this first point, God's kind of fathers live transparent lives and God calls us to live through, with, to live with purity and holiness, to be consistent, to be just, not to be perfect, but to rely on God to, re, to live out a life that is blameless and holy to the Lord. Now here's the second characteristic of God's kind of fathers. God's kind of fathers love with words. Love with words. Verse 11. Just as you know how we were exhorting and encouraging and imploring each one of you as a father would his own children. Note what Paul says. We were exhorting, encouraging, imploring. These are spoken words, not just shown in action, but these are spoken words. No, uh, sa atin, no, culturally, as a Filipino-Chinese community, minsan yung iba sa atin nahihiya, we don't really express uh, words of, of, of love, appreciation verbally, no? but pinapakita lang natin sa actions natin. No? And we're hoping na sana maramdaman ng mga anak natin yung pagmamahal natin sa kanila. But then the Apostle Paul tells us that we need to speak words of exhortation, encouragement, and imploring. Now, in the Greek, it's interesting that this, uh, these words are in the present active tense. It means that Paul encouraged the believers not only once, but again and again and again. Di ba yung mga anak natin, kailangan turuan natin sila ng paulit-ulit, paulit-ulit. And that is part of godly parenting. Now, let's look at these three, three words. The first word is exhorting. The root word in Greek is parakaleo which means to come alongside someone to, or in, in order for us to inspire or encourage or support that person. It's quite interesting that the word parakaleo is also um, related to the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the paraclete. He is the one who comes alongside us to inspire, strengthen, and support us. And fathers, when we do this, when we s s come alongside, strengthen, and support our children, we reflect God, the Spirit, who is working in our lives. Now, remember, adults are not the only ones who need inspiration or support. Children also needs our encouragement. Why? Because sila yung madalas na discourage and they are easily um, become afraid or, or discouraged, especially when the way we treat them, it's, we discourage them through the tone of our voice, through the way we treat them, through our body experience, uh, bodily expression through our facial expressions or the way we look at them, they're easily discouraged. And more so, they are easily discouraged with harsh words and with unloving words. Now think about it. God, our Heavenly Father, verbally encouraged our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you remember the two events in the Lord's life? This happens first during the time of baptism. God said, I love you. You are my son whom I love with you, I am well pleased. And the second happened during the transfiguration. He said almost the same thing. This, the father said, this is my son. I love you. I am well pleased with you. Listen to him. 
You know, the father expressed his affirmation. He affirmed to Christ, you are my son. And then he expressed his love to him. I love you. And he expressed his acceptance and said, I am well pleased with you. And these things are, these two events are significant because the first it was during baptism. That was before Jesus fasted in the wilderness and faced Satan's temptation. So the father prepared Jesus to face this, the trial at the prior to the start of his ministry. And then the second happened during the transfiguration, which was before Jesus faced his greatest challenge, and that is to suffer and die on the cross for the sins of mankind. God the Father knew how to encourage and support the Lord Jesus Christ during his earthly mission. And the same is true for all of us, as we also need the voice of our uh, earthly father to encourage us. But more importantly, we need to also hear the, father, the heavenly father's affirmation. Now again, dear fathers, your role is very important because you are the, in a, if I may say, you are the incarnation of the heavenly father through your kids. You are the physical manifestation of God in your family. And so you need to embody this calling and may be Christ-like, reflect God the father's perfect love to your kids through your words of encouragement. Now, let me give you these suggestions that you can uh, say or practice or, or memorize and, and apply to your life as you show appreciation, um, acceptance, affirmation, and affection to your children. So I encourage you to, to write this down and to note this. You, you may say, I love you. I'm proud of you. My son, I know you can do it. So do your best for God. You did well. Great job. Sweetie, you're so thoughtful. Yeah, nat nat natutunan ko yun sa wife ko. Baby, you're created beautifully and you are beautiful inside out. I'm impressed when you persisted and did not give up. My son, God has gifted you with talents. You have what it takes. And thank you for your effort. I appreciate your help. How does that sound? How does that feel? Feels good, right? Especially when, when, and when we do that to our children, even though at first we may feel awkward, but we, we, we need to do our best because our ultimate goal is not really for our convenience. Our ultimate goal is to really love God, love our children and pour out the, the love of God through us to them. And so fathers, think of ways how you can verbally express your love and encouragement to your kids. Again, initially it may feel awkward, but then I encourage you to practice it's like driving, no? Sa umpisa, nag, hindi ka sanay. But then as you practice, as you do it more and more often, you will be better and it will feel more natural. And again, ultimately, it's for us to show love to our kids. Now, next is the word encouraging. In the Greek, it means to console, calm, or comfort. Now, if you think about it, typically, we don't necessarily or usually associate this Task or this role to us, diba? Supportive, consoling, comforting, calming. Diba? Role to na mga mothers. These are the roles of the moms. When our children have problems, what do we tell them? Go to your mom, run to her. Ask her to, to help you stop crying, diba? Now, many of us, we run to our mothers when we're afraid. We run to our moms when we're crying, and it's usually our mothers who comfort us and calms us down. But then, as fathers, God calls us to do this role. And this is what the Apostle Paul tells us. Now, I was reflecting, no? Yung, ang, ang ganda ng Tagalog word for home, no? Alam nyo ba yung Tagalog word for home? It's tahanan. 
tahanan, parang sa, sa salitang tahanan, meron siyang word na tahan, di ba? Tahan means to stop crying, to calm down. So a home should be a place where you stop crying, where you feel comforted, where you feel safe and secure. And who is the head of the home? Us, fathers. We are the head of the home. And it should start with us. The sense of comfort and security and love for our children should start with us. And God calls us to embrace this calling. Again, we are called not just to meet our children's physical needs. God calls us to meet our children's emotional needs. So fathers, let us take up this role. You know, as fathers, we need to show our tender side. Yes, we need to be tough, but God calls us to show our tender side. God calls us to be sensitive as well. Think about it. Our Lord Jesus Christ, he is the perfect image of the Heavenly Father. Jesus is strong. He expressed righteous anger when he cleansed the temple. But Christ showed mercy when he cried with those who cried. He showed his sensitivity when he cried with those who cried at the tomb of Lazarus. Jesus was tough with the religious leaders. But then Christ also expressed his tenderness when he invited the little children to come to him to bless them. Again, dear fathers, as followers of Christ, God calls us to reflect Christ in our lives. Yes, we need to be tough, but God calls us to be tender. We need to be strong, but God calls us to be sensitive. And to our dear wives, our dear uh, spouse, I pray that you would encourage us, pray for, for us, pray for the fathers, pray for the head of the family, and do your best to support us and love us through your pr prayers and words of encouragement. Please don't nag us, but just pray for us and do your best to support us as we learn these things because we want to express honor to God and to our family. Again, this, dear fathers, re reflect on these questions. When was the last time that you comforted your children with words? When was the last time that you showed tender care or your tender side to your children? When was the last time that you expressed appreciation to your kids? When was the last time that you hugged them or kissed them? When was the last time that you said, I love you, I'm proud of you? You know, um, as we take care of our two girls, I, I'm really learning because um, uh, I'm not that sensitive to them, and especially girls are sensitive, so I have to be intentional to learn how to, uh, how to take care of them, express love through my words and actions. And, and that is where I appreciate my wife. I'm really seeing how she is patient and in caring for, for the two girls that we have. And I hope all of us would exert that effort. And for us, hopefully, next time we can take care of uh, young boys also. And the point is, God calls us to be the role, to take up that role, to be God's kind of fathers through our action and words. So dear fathers, let us follow the, encourage, the, the example of Christ as he encourages us and comforts us, as he strengthens us and supports us with his presence, with his word, with his love. Now the next word is implore. Let me read that verse again. Just as you know how we were exhorting, encouraging, and imploring you as a father would his children. This word implore is the strongest word mentioned in this verse. This word means to teach or to instruct. And, but there is more to it. It also means that with the idea of testifying your own experience. 
to your children. It's, it's telling them what the important things. And quite interestingly, the word na implore, it's also similar to the word urge, which has the connotation of to the point of begging, to the point of begging na parang awan yun na sana matutunan yun to. That's, that's the attitude of Paul here. Hindi lang niya sinabi na, oh, sinabi ko na sa'yo, dapat alam mo na yan. No, Paul is imploring here, trying to do his best to the point of seemingly begging his spiritual children to learn the ways of God. When my siblings and I were growing up, um, my father always recited these verses to us. Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Joshua 24, 15. Choose for you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house... We will serve the Lord. These two passages are my father's favorite verse, and he constantly recited them to us. He even asked us to memorize the whole psalm, Psalm 23, verses 1 to 6. I heard it so many times, but my father knew I need to hear it again and again and again. And my father did his best to make sure that we remember it. Today, I praise God for what my father did. Because of what he did, this truth became part of my life. This truth in this Bible verse became part of my conviction and it has become my personal life verses as well. And today we have the, the two girls that uh, we are taking care of. I always re- recite them yung um, verse in Deuteronomy. But uh, medyo may twist. Ang sinabi namin ng wife ko is there is blessing in obedience or there is blessing in obeying. Deuteronomy tells us that Obey the Lord so that it may go well with you. But then we are teaching our two girls uh, this truth. Of, there is blessing in obeying. When you obey God, when you obey God through the parents, you will be blessed. Fathers, what are you teaching your children? Are you teaching them about God and about your faith? Or are you, teaching, or are you just teaching them the lesser things? So may the Lord help us. Yes, it's important to teach them um, different things, life skills, that's well and good. But then God calls us to teach them about the Lord and about our faith, how to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't delegate this responsibility to your wife or to the church or to the kids' ministry. Again, God calls you as fathers, you are the leader of the home. So be responsible to teach your children and train them in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So may God help us. Next, God's kind of fathers not only live transparent lives, not only love with words, but also God's kind of fathers live a godly legacy. Leave a godly legacy. Verse 12, so that you would walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Fathers, what's your parenting goal for your children? Ano bang pangarap natin para sa ating mga anak? Is it to give them the best education? Is it to give them a comfortable life? Maybe to provide them with a good business or a house or perhaps leave them with a rich inheritance. Again, these things are good goals to aim for. And as good parents, we want to bless our children with these good things. However, in our desire to give them the good things in life, let us not forget that, that good is sometimes not good enough. We have to give them the best. Hindi ba? There's a saying, the good is the enemy of the best. Sometimes the question is not really about choosing between good and evil. Sometimes the question really is about what is good and what is best. And so let us be careful. Now, what are the best things that we can give to our children? What's, 
what are, what are the best goals for us to focus on so that we can teach our children? Let's focus on what is eternal and not just temporal, and that is to leave them a godly legacy. As the Apostle Paul, or as the Apostle John tells us, he said, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in truth. And I, I, I'm so grateful in, in our church that I've seen leaders and family and, and um, fathers and, and, and sons and daughters and, and the whole family there serving the Lord together as one family from one generation to the next. And I hope and pray that we would continue to do that. We need to focus on the best things and that is to teach our children to live a life and, and leave them behind a godly legacy. Think about it, a hundred years from now, it won't really matter what kind of house that your children live in. It won't really matter what kind of extracurricular activities that they had. It won't really matter if they had really a, an, an honor or, or just a passing grade in school. Again, don't get me wrong. I'm, say, I'm not saying these things are not important. It's important, of course, we, we want to do, to do our best, to be excellent and to, to live a life that, uh, that blesses others. But what matters is that we focus on the eternal destiny of our children and that we teach them how to serve God in their generation. So dear fathers, I encourage you to do your best to live behind a godly legacy. And here are, the something, and here are some things that I pray that you would consider how you can live a life of, and live behind a godly legacy. First, dear fathers, surrender your life to God. Again, you're the leader of the home. It starts with you. It has to start with you. Unless you have God in your life, you cannot be God's kind of fathers. You cannot be God's kind of parent. You cannot be God's kind of husband or God's kind of man unless you have the Lord in your life. So how do you surrender your life? Fear God, put your faith in Christ, and follow the Lord wholeheartedly. And God is inviting you to to be open to him, to hear the gospel, and to put your faith in Christ. And how do we put our faith in Christ? As we learned in Romans, we are to acknowledge that we are sinners, that in and of ourselves, we cannot save ourselves. We are sinful and rebellious people, and it's only by God's grace that he can save us. It's not by our own good works or merit. And God gave us his son, Jesus Christ, to save us from, the, from our sins. And he died on the cross to die the death that we, don't, that, uh, that we deserve and that he live a life that we failed to live. And Christ is our perfect savior and redeemer. And so God invites us to put our faith and trust in him. And as we surrender our lives to God, may we rely on God's power and so that he can transform our lives to live so that we can live and serve him and serve others for his glory. Now, after we surrender our lives to God, God also calls us to share the gospel to our family, to disciple our children and family. Let us use every opportunity to point them to their need for Christ. Our children are not too young nor too old to hear it. When one of our nieces would have a fight and um, we would use it as a teaching opportunity to, to tell them about the gospel. Michelle one time told them, do you know why you're fighting? You see, it is because that deep in our hearts, we are selfish. You are selfish, Achi is selfish, Shobe is selfish, and all of us are self-centered. And we only love ourselves more than we love God and others. And, that, and the Bible calls this selfishness and self-centeredness a sin. Now, when we do that, it's, we are not uh, 
putting down their self-esteem. We are just telling them the truth because all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. We are selfish and we are sinners and we need to be rescued from our own self, from our sin. You see, because of our sin, God sent Jesus to die on the cross to save us from our sins. And that's what we tell our girls. Jesus died and paid for our sins, but because of what Christ did, our sins can be forgiven. And Jesus can help us, can help you to transform and change your heart. So from this day forward, you can live a life that is no longer self-centered or selfish, but focus on God to love others, to love each other, and to be a blessing to each other. That's the good news of the gospel. That's the power of the gospel. And so may all of us pursue that and teach our children and, and to preach them that truth. Now, I want to highlight this point. Although our children are accountable to God, yes, they will make their own decision uh, to put their faith in Christ, to surrender their lives. That's their part that they're accountable to. But then as parents, God calls us, especially as fathers, God calls us to raise our children to know God, to love God, to serve God, to obey Him. And the first step to do that is to share the gospel to them. But of course, we are called to live a life that is blameless, that pictures who Christ is and who God is in our home. Next is submit to God's authority or God's sovereignty. If we do our best to be God's kind of fathers, it doesn't mean that our children will surely follow the Lord. There's no guarantee with that. As we learn in the book of Romans, salvation is God's gift and every person can accept or reject that truth or that gift from God. You see, following Jesus is a choice that each of us must make and our children has, and they, they need to do that decision. They need to have that personal choice. And so the best thing that we could do is just present them the gospel, expose them to the gospel as much as we can and pray for them that as parent on our knees and just and someday that God would reveal himself to them and that God would open their eyes and that they would really accept the Lord Jesus Christ by faith and live for him. Many of you know Pastor John Piper. He's a famous author of the book Desiring God and he has five children. And as a father, Pastor John faithfully taught biblical values in his own household. But sadly, one of his sons hated God and rejected Christianity. And one article said this, the young Piper is almost as influential on social media as his father. Halos equal nga sila ng following eh. But they don't preach the same message. Sadly, Pastor John's son did not desire God and he even used his social media to speak out against the gospel that his father preaches. Now, was Pastor John Piper a failure? Well, if he did his best to love his children and to reflect God, to reflect God's character in his parenting, then we can say he is not a failure. Again, let us not forget that God calls us not to be successful, but to be faithful. God calls us to be faithful regardless of how our children would respond or react. In other words, God calls us to honor Him in our parenting independent of our children's behavior and attitude. Of course, it would be a blessing for us and to see, and we would really desire to see our children follow the Lord. But then God is sovereign and, and our kids, they have their own choices. So all we can do is to really ask and pray and do our best to, to share the gospel and to disciple our, ch our children well. And in the end, may they really accept and understand and give their life to Christ. 
Again, here is our lesson for today. God's kind of fathers live transparent lives, love with words, and live a godly legacy. Now, some of you may think, Pastor, this is so difficult. It's so challenging. And that is true. And you may say, Pastor, I get your point, but I can't do it. I'm too busy or I'm too tired. Pastor, it's not really my style. My parents did not raise me that in that kind of way, and I don't know much. I feel like a failure as a parent, and probably it's too late. Friends, if you are telling this, I think you are in the right place because God wants you to be in that position of, of neediness, of, of even desperation, so that you won't rely on your own wisdom and strength. Instead, you will look up to God and, and ask and beg for his mercy and grace and strength so that he would help you become God's kind of fathers that he desire you to be. And I pray that you would really take this to heart. Remember the gospel. The gospel, the goodness of Christ is the one that saves us. Jesus is the one who saves us. And he is the one who transforms our hearts. And he is the one who will help us to be God's kind of fathers. And he will be the one to help our family experience the kind of life that he desires us to be. That is the good news. Because we are in Christ, we can be God's kind of fathers. But of course... We need to rely on the Holy Spirit as he empowers us, as we do, as we reflect God's kind of parenting, as we live our lives to lead our children to honor God and live for others. But again, the point is we need to do our part. Yes, God's part is God save us through Christ. God has empowered us with his spirit. God has given us his word. God has provided us his church, the community of God to support us. But then we have to do our part. And what is that? We need to practice renewing our mind. We need to practice putting off our old self and putting on the new self as we parent our children. We need to live by the Spirit, to walk by the Spirit, to, um, to live out the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. We need to exert effort in being God's kind of fathers. In the words of the Puritans, we need to produce holy sweat as we do our best to honor God in our parenting. And what can we do? Here's some suggestion. Look for godly role models and uh, join a life group where you can learn how to live a transparent life, how to love with words, how to become God's kind of person, God's kind of father. I encourage you to look for godly role models and be part by joining a discipleship group and, and learning from godly people. And uh, for all of you who are not yet uh, part of the life group, please contact us and we will do our best to place you in one. Again, our primary goal is to honor God and to glorify God in everything. Whether your relationship with, uh, with your children would improve or not, that's all, already a secondary bonus. The point is, God calls us to do everything, to glorify God, to do everything, to, to declare Christ in our life. And when we, we faithfully do that, we can live out God's vision for us and for our church by God's grace. We can live out our vision to see generations of Christ-like disciples transforming lives and families, impacting communities and nations for the glory of God. But we do this one step at a time, one child at a time, one family at a time, one life at a time. And may the Lord help us. Now let me close with this story. I have a friend who recently gave me a great news. No? Sabi niya, yung anak niya nanalo ng tennis championship. And so we celebrate. Wow, praise God for that. But here's quite interesting because sabi niya, 
you know, pastor, umabot lang kami sa quarterly finals. It's already a big blessing because ang lakas ng kalaban niya. And we don't really expect that he would win. And so I asked him, well, I, I'm quite interested. How did you encourage your child? You know, this father, because I have journeyed with him for, for the uh, almost a year now, and, and we are learning about how to be a good parent, how he can lead his family and, and, and lead his relationship with his spouse and children. And I'm so amazed by his growth. And this is what he said. You know, Pastor, every morning I would pray with my son before we step out, uh, b- before we go to the game. And when we step out of the car, we would pray as a family. And I keep reminding my son the opportunity, that the opportunity to play the games that he loves so much is in itself a blessing from God. So we should always give thanks. And that is, I'm teaching my son that we should always give thanks to honor the Lord and Every game, whether win or lose, that's the point. Give thanks to God, honor the Lord, whether my son win or lose. And we ask for the blessing of the Spirit to guide his arms, heart, legs, heart, and mind. And after each match, I would talk to my son and we would have the opportunity to talk heart to heart with him and tell him how proud we were. And we are so proud, not really Yes, in, vic- in his victory, we are proud that he won his games, but we are so much proud to see that he is giving his 110% no matter what happens in every match. And that is more important. It's to really do his best for God, whatever the result is. And I'm so glad to hear this from a father who is striving to live a life that honors God, to be God's kind of fathers. Dear fathers, God calls us to reflect who he is in our lives. He is our perfect father. And God calls us to be God's kind of fathers that reflect his glory, his goodness, and grace. How we, do we do that? May all of us strive effort to live transparent lives, to love with words, and to live a godly legacy. Again, may all of us be God's kind of fathers as we live transparent lives, love with words, and live a godly legacy. May the Lord help us for the honor of his name, for the good of our family, and for the blessing of our children. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are our perfect Father in heaven. We just want to greet you. Happy Father's Day. Salamat, Panginoon. For you are a great God. But not only that, that you are the God who provides for us our needs and even our wants. But more importantly, you are the great God who gave us the greatest need that we have. And that is salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Salamat po, Panginoon, that we are here in this life. Without you, we won't know where we will be. Thank you for your love, for your grace, for your mercy. That out of your goodness, you save us by giving your son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins. However undeserving we were, despite our rebellion, our disobedience, our selfishness, yet you remain faithful, you remain loving. And Lord God, help us to reflect your love and goodness as we lead our families, as we lead our biological families, as we lead our spiritual children. Oh Lord, help us to to reflect who you are. And Father, for some of us, we may not have uh, good relationships with our earthly fathers. 
some of us may have hurts. Some of us nagtatampo. Some of us have unforgiveness or bitterness in our hearts. Would you please heal our hearts? Be the one to pacify us. Help us, Lord God, to drink deep of your love, to, to be satisfied and in your grace, in your goodness. Help us, Lord God, to, to understand the depth of your love to us so that we can, in return, um, be ready to forgive those who sinned against us, especially our fathers. Lord, only you can help us through your Spirit. Empower us, O oh God. We pray for all of us, Lord God, who are going through sickness right now. We ask that you grant us your healing grace, make us whole, enable us, O oh Lord, to experience your, your wholeness, grant us your healing, provide for our, our physical needs, O oh Lord God, make us whole. Guide us, Lord God, to the right doctors and help the medications that uh, we need to, to take effect. And we pray that you help us recover and, and display and, and proclaim your goodness and faithfulness in our lives so that others may know and hear your faithfulness and goodness so that they may praise you also in return. We pray for our country and our nation. Lord, as we transition towards this new leadership, help our country, Lord God, to heal us one, to to rise up, O Lord. But more than the economic recovery, we pray that you help us to have the spiritual revivals, Lord God, and help us, Lord God, to start it in our homes, in our in our lives and especially help our fathers lord god to embody that calling that christ calls us lord god to be um, to reflect your image to rise up to be righteous fathers to be godly fathers godly leaders of our home the fathers who would disciple our children and may you help us also to be a father to those who are fatherless to those who are oppressed to those and, and to speak for the rights of, of those who are needy and those who are marginalized. Enable us, O oh Lord God. Only your words can empower us. Only your people could help us and support us. And through your spirit, uh, only you, Lord God, can, can equip us, Lord God, to pursue the calling and mission that you have in us. We pray for our church. May we be faithful to the calling that you have given us. Help us to disciple our children well. But more importantly, as we do this, compel us with your love. Help us to know you, to understand your love. And so that as we drink deep of your love, may we love others and may we live for you and no longer for ourselves, for your glory and for the good of our family and children. Thank you, O Lord. And as you bow your heads, let me give you this uh, benediction. As you pursue a life that reflects who God is, as you pursue a life to be God's kind of fathers, to be God's kind of parents, to be God's kind of person. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you his shalom peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen, amen, and amen. Thank you very much. I hope and pray that God's word would encourage us and empower us to be a blessing to others for his glory. God bless us all. See you next time.